Podcast, Answer Man, episode number 434. Hi, this is Leo Laporte of This Week in Tech, and you're listening, (laughs) you're smart, to Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And well, my friends, I will tell you, I am so excited about the way things are going here with the content of Podcast Answer Man. I am currently weeks ahead of schedule when it comes to recording content. In fact, the conversation that I'm going to be including for this episode was recorded back on December 21st of last year. It was right after Thanksgiving, coming up on Christmas, and I had an opportunity to get on to Skype with my great friend, Pat Flynn, from over at SmartPassiveIncome.com. Now, Pat and I have been friends for years. We've been doing a mastermind group together since October 2010, and well, I am super excited for Pat in that he is getting ready to officially launch his first real physical print book. And knowing that this book would be a powerful resource to my audience, I'm so delighted to share this information with you. And right after you hear this interview, my guess is that many of you are immediately going to go out and either pre-order this book, or if you're listening to it after the weekend this is released, then the book's available on February 1st and beyond. So anyway, to learn a little bit more about this book and the resource that it could be to you, here's the conversation I had with my great friend, Pat Flynn. Pat, my friend, it is so good to talk to you here again on Podcast Answer Man. How you been, my friend? Cliff, dude, I'm so happy to be back. I've been doing very well. You know, the holiday season is just right, we're, we're right in the middle of it, and it's just my favorite time of the year. And uh, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, Cliff, and I'm very lucky to have the pleasure of speaking with you every single week in our mastermind group. So uh, happy to be back on the show. You have been busy with so many projects over the last couple of years. It blows my mind just how much you're able to accomplish. I'm a little bit envious of the team that you have assembled and all those other things, but what we're here to talk about for a little bit today is your brand new book that's getting ready to come out in the beginning of next year. What, what is this book and when did it come about? So the, the title of this book is Will It Fly? And actually, I did a survey uh, a number of months back on SPI on my, on my brand at smartpassiveincome.com where I was asking everybody, well, where are you at in your business? How can I help you best? And one of the number one things that I heard about was, well, people just wanted to start a business, but they didn't know what to start it about or they had ideas, but just were afraid of moving forward and wasting time and money and putting effort into something and only having it fail. And I completely understand that. I've had those same feelings. I know a lot of us who are listening uh, have had those same thoughts. The thing about building your own business is it's tough. It's very different than working for somebody else where you put in X amount of hours and you get back that much um, you know, uh, money in return in terms of your salary or wage. When you're building a business, when you're working on any projects like what, what we do online, uh, you know, you're putting a lot of time and effort up front 
And it's hard to tell whether or not that business idea is, or, or that product is gonna sell or not. And that, that's really what this book is about. It's a validation book, validating those business ideas. The subtitle is actually how to test your next business idea so you don't waste your time and money. Now, this isn't a new thing. This, this is something that a lot of people have done and even talked about before. I first heard about it when Tim Ferriss actually featured it in a, in a chapter called uh, Testing the Muse is what he called it. And he called it micro-testing. And he essentially shared a way that you could validate a business idea, a product, without actually having to create that product, which his version was setting up a Google AdWords campaign. So setting up advertisements that drive traffic to a landing page where you can track to see if people were actually clicking on the buy now button to see if people were interested in that thing or not. And if they weren't, then you didn't have to go ahead and uh, actually build that thing. And if they were, then, you know, you validated it and you've had uh, people say that they want it. Because, you know, sometimes we share our, our, our ideas with other people, especially our family and our friends and, and other loved ones. And, you know, we don't always get the answers that we need to hear. We get a lot of the answers that we want to hear, such as, oh, th that's great. You know, I believe in you. Good job. And, you know, they, they don't want to hurt our feelings and they want us to, to be encouraged moving forward. But sometimes we need to just really understand whether or not that idea is going to work out to a point where in some cases you could actually get paid for things before actually collect money or pre-orders pre for things before you move forward with them. Um, and so this book takes Tim's idea of micro-testing and a lot of other people's uh, experiences of that and actually putting all that information together in a way that allows you to truly validate whether a business idea you have is actually worth getting into. Now, there's two ways of thinking about validation, though. The, the one way, which we talked about already, was product to market fit. How does that product, how does that idea actually fit in the market you're trying to get into? And there's a lot of things that go along with that, which I'll talk about in a sec. But the second and most important part, I feel, which is something that a lot of people don't even talk about, really, is the business idea or, 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 or business to self fit. How does this idea actually fit into the ideal life that you want? And the reason this is so important to me is because I know a lot of entrepreneurs who are very successful business owners. However, they're not very successful husbands or wives or fathers or mothers. You know, it's like they started their journey into entrepreneurship with the idea that they wanted to, you know, customize a life for themselves. And in doing so, they've actually taken themselves away from the things that are really important to them by building a business and creating something that isn't actually in alignment with who they want to be. And so there's a lot of exercises actually in the beginning of the book about how to do that. I actually utilize a lot of thought experiments uh, in order to do that because it's very easy for somebody to say, oh, you need to create a five-year plan and you know all that stuff. We hear that all the time. But when you put it into context in some sort of thought experiment, uh, it, it really means more and you think about it in a different way where it actually makes sense for you and what it is you're doing. So really it's all about how to get this business idea that you have and see if it's actually a fit, not just for the market that you're getting into, uh, but yourself. I love that. And you talk about the idea of creating a product that certainly has a market for it. You certainly have the gifts, the talents, the experience, and everything necessary to create that product to fill the need of the market. People are willing to buy it, but is that a good fit for your life is another question. And it reminds me of an organization that I created that I would consider to be uh, very successful called the Podcast Mastermind. Mm -hmm. And this was something that was generating you know $60,000 a year for me. And it was providing great value to all the members that were a part of it. And everybody was happy to pay. The continuity, I mean, the, the turnover on that was like next to nil. And after two years, I had to shut it down because it was just taking up way too much of my time. I did not validate, is this going to fly 
when it compares to the lifestyle that I want to lead. And I really hadn't given much thought to the fact that I was going to be working so many hours at night and, and, and the, just the sheer number of hours that I was committing to when I actually wrote it down mm-hmm. on paper, what these benefits are. So I love that idea that, that this isn't just, is there a market for this in testing, you know, micro testing and get paid before you create the product, but this is, is it a good fit for your life? Right. And I love, I love that you mentioned that, you know, you spent two years on it and then you finally found out. And that's actually quite early in that, in that journey. And it's, it's, it's good that you figured it out and made decisions and pivoted as a result of that. A lot of people, you know, they, 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 we get old and we look back in life and we have these regrets, of course. And, uh, you know, the goal of this book is to have people be able to figure these things out now. Like the vision I have is for people to read this book and do one of two things, to read it and to go through these experiments and tests, uh, both for self and, and for the, the market they're trying to get, get into and let go of that idea which I know is very difficult to do, but when you have some data behind it, when you have some information to help you make that decision, it's a lot easier. And so I want people to either read this book and dump that idea and move on to the next one that actually fits or they'll test to fit, or they go through the book and it'll, it essentially validates that idea and it gives them permission to move forward with it. And that's something I've noticed since doing a lot of client work and working with a lot of students is that a lot of times people have great ideas but they just need somebody or something to give them permission to move forward with that. Uh, where, you know, some some of these coaching calls I do, I, I honestly don't even give them much advice. I just say, yeah, that's that's good because it honestly is. And then I, I end up not charging them for that. But uh, b- b- it, people just want to know that what they're doing is actually worth it. Um, now, of course, there's a lot of other things that are involved with making a business successful. Just, you know, you could, you could have a great idea, but poor execution, you won't get anywhere. So there's a lot of other things, but it all starts with that idea. And the reason it's called Will It Fly, there's a couple angles to that. One is, you know, we are always launching something new. And how do you know if when you launch something, which is a big internet marketing online business term, when you launch something, how do you know if it's going to fly? Uh, the, the other thing that goes along with that is actually based on a story that, um, involves my son. So when my son turned three, it was really cool because I was very anxious to teach him how to fly a paper airplane. So literally on his third birthday, I showed him how to fly a paper airplane. So I took a piece of paper, I folded it and threw it. It was just a basic dart design, you know, that simple one that we always see. And he was mesmerized. He could not believe I was able to like fold this sheet of paper into something that could fly across the room. And so, of course, being a three-year-old boy, he wanted to do the exact same thing. And I was ready to teach him, but he was so anxious that he grabbed a piece of paper, folded it in just in all these different directions, obviously didn't know what he was doing, but kind of, I mean, was trying, which is great. Um, And then ended up with this thing that didn't look like a plane at all, threw it, didn't go anywhere. Picked it up, threw it again, landed at his feet again. And then he said, I hate paper airplanes, <laughs> you know? And I, I think we could all relate to this, especially when you see kids do thing like, things like this. But I feel like this is how a lot of people build their businesses too. They see somebody else doing something, they see it flying and they try to do something similar, but then they don't necessarily know the right way to do it. They don't know the, you know, the concepts or, or, or how to fold their piece of paper and then they try it and then they fail and then they give up. And that's, that's the worst thing you could do, obviously, is give up. But you can also prep ahead of time and get some help And again, that's hopefully what this book will help people do is to, you know, I want to help people be able to fold their wings. For those who are out there struggling with trying to figure out what direction to go in with their podcast, let's just say that it's maybe early stages for them to think about building the business around it. For Mm -hmm. some of them, they're just like, I I, I just want to create a podcast, but I just want to know, will this idea fly? Would this book be something that would be beneficial to them as well? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out or if you have a business already and maybe it's not taking off the way you want it to. You can go back and reassess and kind of go back to the fundamentals. You know, you, you, even professional athlete, athletes, for example, they always get training. Why? Because they always are just going back to the fundamentals. When a pitcher in baseball loses his, his I don't know, mojo or whatever, uh, it, it's usually because he just has been trying too many things. And, uh, you know, I, I know this to be the case for me with golf. I used to golf quite a bit before I had kids. And every time I would read a magazine that would tell me the number one swing strategy to save five strokes on my score, it would just screw me up, you know, because I would just be taking in too much information. And when I got back to the fundamentals and got uh, back into just the basics, uh, everything was working out for me. So this book is for everybody out there who has a business and or is just starting out. Now, in terms of how do you know if this thing that you're working on is, is going to work, if you're a podcaster and it's just not going the way you want it to, or you're in the development plan of your podcast, which is which is good, um, there's a lot of things you can do. I have actually have a section called uh, flight planning, which is all about how to research the market that you're trying to get into. So you can find a position that works because really it's all about serving your audience. You've if you've heard me before, you've heard me say over and over and over again, your earnings or your success are a byproduct of how well you serve your audience. And if you are serving your audience in the exact same way other people are, you're always going to be, you know, second or, or, or worse. And so you have to find a position in the space that you're going to get in, in the category that you're getting into in the market that's going to help you stand out. And there's a lot of great things that I share in the book, uh, including how to find the three P's of your market. This will help you create what I like to call your market plan. And the three P's stand for the places where people in your audience, your target audience, hang out. So finding out where all those things are, and there's actually some worksheets and spreadsheets that go along with the book. But the first P is the places, so where do they hang out? The second thing is understanding the people in that space, so the other influencers in that space too. And that'll help you not only understand who else is already serving that audience, but how are they serving that audience and how does that audience respond? Do they like certain things? Do they not like certain things? And then also those people become people that you could form a relationship with, that you could potentially have as a guest on your podcast so you can get in front of each other's audiences uh, and, and, and things like that, people you could potentially partner with. And then the final P is understanding what products are out there serving your audience. So what are they actually buying? And you know, when you, when you understand this, you know, the places they're at, the people who are serving them and the products and services and tools that they're already using, you, you can get this bird's eye perspective on this market that you're trying to enter. And you're going to understand this market better than some people who are actually in that market already. Yeah. So you'll be able to kind of position yourself uh, in, in a fantastic way from there. And then from there, I love to think about creating your customer plan. And you've probably heard this before, Cliff, and everybody else out there. You've, you've heard of this thing called your customer avatar, right? Like understanding who your ideal customer is or you, who your ideal listener is to your podcast. And, and that's important to think about, right? Like who is your podcast for? Who are you serving? What is that person like? And you create this person. Some people actually create a name for this person and a lifestyle and make up this story and whatnot. And I've always had a weird feeling about this idea of creating a customer avatar. Like I get the idea. I understand the purpose behind it. But when I try to do it myself and actually imagine this person when I'm speaking into my microphone, when I'm creating a product, when I'm writing a blog post or doing a video, it's, it's hard for me to do it in a, in a 100% authentic way because I, I always know in the back of my head that this quote avatar is, is just made up. And so it's hard for me to feel what that person is feeling. So in lieu of that, I've created this thing called the customer plan, or it could be your listener plan or viewer plan. The P-L-A-N, that's an acronym. And 
that will help you discover more about your target audience in a way where you can actually feel for them and actually give them a solution that they need, which will, of course, help you stand out and you know, find your position in the space. So the acronym PLAN, the first P is the pains or the problems. Like what are their pains and problems? And you know, I go through a number of exercises in the book on how to discover that, but hopefully you have some sort of sense of what it is, the true problem that your audience is having that you can come in and provide a solution for. And as, uh, as, as Jay Abraham says, you know, if you can define the problem better than your target customer, they will automatically assume that you have a solution. So I love that because it's so true. When you see somebody who just knows what you're going through, you can't help but immediately start listening to them and what they have to offer. The second part, the L, is the language that they use. Now, in addition to knowing the problem, you need to just to understand how they're describing that and what, what language they use to describe that. And there's some cool uh, tricks, I guess you could say, in the book for how to discover that, not only by just listening and taking note, but there's actually some cool strategies you can use. I, I want to share one with you right now, uh, Cliff, and for everybody else out there. This is what I like to call the Google Sniper search strategy, uh, just a fancy term for a cool little way you can search in Google to find some really interesting things about your audience and how they are sharing and saying certain things. So the, um, the, the trick is to go into Google and you know how if you put quotations around what you're searching for, it actually looks for those exact phrases, right? Yep. So if I want to search for a phrase, how do I, I can put how do I in quotation marks and then a keyword after that, like for example, how do I fly fish or whatever. But you can actually get even more honed in on what people are saying by targeting a site where people are at, for example, a forum. So there's this forum that I use as an example in the book. It's called theflyfishingforum.com. It's a forum for fly fishing. And for whatever reason, ever since I started talking about online business, I've just selected fly fishing as my example. So I just continue that through my book for whatever reason. But um, in order to search through that particular site for those exact phrases, you can type in, for example, in quotations, how do I, space, site, S-I-T-E, colon, and then the URL of that website or that forum. And what Google will give you back are all of the instances in that forum where people are asking, how do I? And that is incredibly powerful because those are every single instance in that forum of people asking for how, how they how to do something. And there's a lot of other terms you can use uh, instead of that that will help reveal a lot of things like why is it or when can I or how come or need help or please help or I need or help with. Or where can I find? Where can I find? Oh, absolutely. So if people are asking where can I find, if you can be the resource that shows them that in your whatever it is that you're creating or you actually are that thing that they're looking for, man, it's a, it's, it's a home run right there. The A part in PLAN uses the same strategy, but the A actually stands for anecdotes or stories. And this is where you get that real connection because instead of just making up a story for your avatar, you're finding real life stories of people in that market and you can connect with them. You can even reach out to them and talk to them a little bit more and get more information from them based on their experience. And where do people share stories that they open up on? Well, forums are another great place and you can use the same strategy for that, but also on social media. People love to share every single thought that they have about certain things on social media too. So using the same strategy, you can look up certain words that'll help you find stories, specifically stories. And this is very easy because you can actually look for the comments that people have after they read a story. For example, great story or amazing story site colon and the name of that URL, or you can actually search through those terms on Twitter or Facebook or on LinkedIn. And you're going to collect all these amazing stories about how your audience has dealt with certain 
problems and issues and any sort of keywords related to whatever it is that you're talking about. Um, the final tip I'm going to give you, well, the N in P-L-A-N, we talked about the problems, the language, the anecdotes or the stories. And then the N is sort of the need or the, the your hypothesis for what is it that they need from you. And then there you have your overall customer plan. And that's your plan moving ahead as you begin to validate those particular ideas in the market. But one other tip I want to give you, this is my favorite tip of the year, I guess. Every every year I have one or two things that I learn or discover that I'm just so happy about that are so helpful that, and that I'm always happy to pass on, of course. And this is this one is utilizing Amazon. So you can utilize Amazon to learn more about your market and discover whether or not what it is you're talking about um, is, is actually worth continuing or what, you, what else you can do beyond what you're already doing or, you know, how to position yourself in the market. Go to Amazon, find books or products or whatever it is that Amazon sells, which is almost everything related to your particular market or niche and look at the reviews for that particular product. Now, more specifically, you wanna look at the three-star reviews. The three-star reviews are where the gold is because you know there's a lot of one-star reviews for things and that's sometimes just haters or people who are disgusted by a product and they use very harsh language, of course. And uh, you know we've seen it before on Amazon. The five-star reviews, sometimes they're family or friends or, or, or whatever. So, you know, the, a lot of times they're obviously very uh, authentic reviews uh, on both ends. But the threes are where you get the gold because you get the people who like things for certain reasons and dislike things for certain reasons. And if you can look at, and you even see some that, that literally list out pros, what I liked, cons, what I dislike, take that information in. It relates to your target audience and you can begin to discover what their likes and dislikes are too from there. I love that. So the book is coming out when, Pat? February 1st, parentheses, if all goes according to plan, because uh, we're, we're recording this uh, a little bit ahead of time, which I'm very thankful for. And again, Cliff, I'm just so thankful that you're my friend. And plus, just really quick, side note, uh, thank you for all the inspiration fitness-wise too. Your transformation has just been completely awe-inspiring uh, to me and, and my family. I've been sharing it with my own family too. And I'm just so happy because, you know, we've known each other for quite a lot, quite a while. And uh, to, to see your transformation and just what it's done, not only for you physically, but, uh, you know, in, in everything, because uh, we talk every week. It's just incredibly inspiring. So thank you for that. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, man. So February 1st, if all goes according to plan. And in terms of marketing, you know, we're putting a lot of things into place now. We actually started in November in terms of the marketing. I started writing a long time ago, obviously. But I've been making connections with people who I know in the space, like yourself, Cliff. I've also been working on creating a what I like to call the launch team, which is sort of like a street team that uh, is made up of mostly people in my audience. And, you know, that is actually a tip I learned from Jeff Goins, who is an author who I've talked uh, to on the podcast before and probably the best tip I learned from him was to create this street team. It doesn't have to be very big, but these are people who are going to move for you. When your book comes out, they're going to be some a group of people who are very excited, who know about the book. You've given them insider information along the, uh, along the way. You've allowed them to even help you with certain decisions along the way too. And then on launch day, they are the ones who are going to make sure that they spend the time to leave a review and to be there to share with their followers and and fans and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I'm excited because I'm in the middle of actually uh, creating that as we speak. And then of course, there's all the fun stuff that goes along with that, like the book cover, which is, which has been crazy. We've, we've done, we've gone through 20 different iterations of it. Um, you know, the, from stuff related to the paper airplane and, and other things. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's interesting because you obviously have to pick one and eventually and, and go with it. But the, I also have to balance, well, this is, this is, this is like, 
my first big book. I, ha I have a book. It's called Let Go. I've, I've, I've published that a while back, but this is like my first true nonfiction business book that's there to, that I know is going to help people. And I, I am balancing being perfect with just shipping it. And, and there's all these things that go along with that. And, and so it, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a wild ride. Definitely challenging. You know, I, I, I started as a blogger seven years ago and I've really struggled with the writing part of this book. And it might sound weird because I've just been blogging for so long. And yes, I can crank out a 5,000 word blog post in a half a day easy, but this book, for whatever reason, maybe I just put it way up there on the pedestal and it just intimidated me. Uh, and, and I got a lot of help, a lot of help from, from you, Cliff, and the other people in our mastermind group. And I think the number one tip that I was given was, you know, this book I think was intimidating because it was just so big, it was so grand, and it was, you know, potentially hundreds of pages long. Now, in order to, for me to move forward with it, I've had to break it down. And I actually turned every chapter into a blank Google Doc. And now when I write, or when I was writing, I opened up a doc, which was just one chapter, and I treated that one chapter like it was its own blog post. Yeah. And that's really what helped me move forward. And so I know it's not like that for everybody, but if you're struggling with writing, uh, that that's uh, a book uh, specifically. That's a great tip. Break it down, and then focus on one at a time. And uh, it, it's been really helpful. And uh, like I said, I've just been very thankful with the opportunities to be able to share this book. And I'm I'm really excited to see how it does. Well, I encourage everybody who's listening to certainly head over to willitflybook.com. Either go there and get the book if it's available when you get there, or sign up to be notified as soon as as soon as it is available. Pat, if you have a little bit of extra time, I'd love yeah. to talk to you about some other things. I, I, I'm super excited about the book. But just personally, I would like to know about some times when you've created things that didn't fly. I, I know you're aware that there are people out there who think that Pat Flynn is this super ultra human being that does everything right and everything he touches turns to gold, right? Yeah, and I always laugh at that because that's obviously not what happens. I've failed so many times and I do my best to try and represent that on the blog. And, you know, I talk a lot about in my monthly income reports of things that I wish I had done or uh, did completely wrong. But, you know, it's always a lesson for somebody, which is why I'm happy to share that. But, you know, in terms of picking out a specific example, I mean, there's one in particular that cost me about $15,000, but it taught me a very big lesson. And, and so in that way, it was actually very, very good that I went through this process of failing completely and spending that much money on something that never got launched. And this was back in 2010 when a few of my internet marketing buddies were building premium WordPress plugins. These are plugins that you can, you know, pay for that give you some cool access to certain features that one might need on their WordPress website. Well, both of, the, of these guys launched in and around the same time, maybe a, a month from each other, and each made at least $200,000 in their first month. And I was just so blown away by that because I was making, you know, over $100,000 a year at that point. And to see that come in for them at, at a month uh, was amazing. And I was like, software, yes, WordPress plugins, that's what I have to do. So literally the next day I found a developer. I, I came up with a couple ideas in my head. I found a WordPress developer and I paid him half of 15 grand because that was the total cost for this project. And I just said, go, do, the, do this. I want you to do this. And we're going to make it like this, like these guys did and have a crazy launch and make lots of money. Well, 
six weeks later, I finally get a version back that I had come up with because it just, there was so much miscommunication because I didn't give this person anything to work with. I just said, here's an idea, go. And as these iterations keep kept going back and forth, I, it was just, he didn't understand what I, what I wanted. And honestly, I didn't understand what I wanted. I was chasing the money. Right. And as a result of doing that, I did not do the work I should have done and I wasn't serving anybody. And actually after about 12 weeks, when I got two plugins back, that was another mistake. Why was I working on two at the same time? How greedy was that? Um, and, and, and so I've always learned to work on one thing at a time since then. But even when I got those plugins back and even though I worked with this person, this developer to create them in the way that I wanted to create them, I looked at them in the final product and I was just not happy. I couldn't launch them. I couldn't sell them because they just didn't do anything useful. I thought in my head that they would, but I never took the time to validate whether these things would work. And when I actually was at the point at which I finally had these things built and spent $15,000, it wasn't even worth anything to anybody. And so I never launched with those at all. It was complete bust, but I did learn a big lesson. A couple lessons were one, if you're gonna work with a developer, make sure that you know everything that you wanna know about how this plugin or software or application you're building works because then there's no uh, loss of translation between you and the developer. You know, literally wireframe the whole thing out and share it. Secondly, to validate something before you build it, I could have easily just talked about it with a few people in my audience to get their thoughts of, on it. And when I ended up doing that later, it validated the fact that those were terrible ideas. And then third, it showed me that chasing the money is not the way to go. Yeah. And ev ever since then, I've always put serving my audience first. And as a result of that, the byproduct is the money that comes in. So big lesson, a big failure, but you know, there's always a bright side to things and, and that's what came out of it. Do you have an example of a time where you came up with an idea for a product and you actually got paid a significant amount of money before you actually began any work on the product itself? Yeah, I mean, I think both you and I had done something similar with uh, the coaching courses that we've done. I did a coaching course in the past for building niche sites, which I don't do anymore, but I did and was able to pre-sell that and validate that idea before putting any work into uh, the thought of, of what those lessons were going to be. Um, and when, when you start out and if you're going to be delivering content in a course format, uh, it's a great uh, idea to pre-sell that and to get to a minimum amount of people before you say that, yes, I'm, I'm gonna move forward with this. Now, in the book, there's actually a section of several different case studies of people who have validated their products across all different spaces, um, from uh, digital products to physical products, from you know food to uh, PE or, or physical education, uh, membership sites to um, coaching courses. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that people are doing this. Uh, there, there's even somebody who had validated a beef jerky subscription box service. And that, that business is taking off right now. Uh, so a lot of great examples in the book who follow the same process in terms of, of validating. So there, there, is, there is actually a formula, if, if you wanted me to share it with you really quick. There's obviously a lot of detail behind these which are in the book, but the general formula uh, for validating a product. And once, once you have an idea, once you have that hypothesis or that, that need that your audience has, you know, the steps are, one, get in front of an audience. And this is where a lot of other validation book, I mean, there, there aren't really any validation books, but a lot of blog posts and information out there, this, this is where they, they fail because a lot of people who are validating stuff, they don't have an audience to get in front of. A lot of those people have audiences already. Well, I go over eight different ways that you can get in front of an audience even if you don't have one already. 
The big trick is, well, you don't have to get in front of your audience. You can get in front of other people's audiences in different ways. And I share about how to do that. But that's the first step. Get Just get in front of an audience. You're not even talking about your product yet. Step number two is to hyper-target. So when you get in front of that audience, then it's the idea of sort of getting a hand raised from people who are interested in something, who have a particular problem. Because for example, let's say you are doing photography stuff for, for wedding photographers. You are delivering a product, for example, to make it easy to organize your wedding photos for, uh, for other photographers. For I, I'm just pulling this example out of midair right now. But let's say that's your niche. Well, maybe you get in front of a large audience, maybe you get a guest post or a feature by sharing some really cool technique on a general photography website or a blog. And you know, you wanna get to understand who within that audience actually does wedding photos. That's hyper-targeting because everybody else isn't, they're not gonna really care and you don't wanna validate with people who your product isn't useful for. So you need to hyper-target and find those people that are actually going to be interested in your particular product. Then you wanna interact with those prospects. Literally talk to them and get, a, you know, not just email, but even getting them on, on a conversation at some point. Uh, you can do that in a group format through a webinar, for example, or you could do it one-to-one uh, -one via email. A lot of examples that I uh, pull out in, in the book actually have people messaging each other on social media through Twitter or Facebook to be able to interact with those prospects. And there, you actually are just kind of validating once more that they are actually somebody who would be interested in your potential solution. And then you would eventually share your solution. Then you gauge the interest from there and then you actually ask for a transaction. And again, that's, that's the truest way of validating is can you get somebody to actually pay for something? Not just say they like something with their words, but say they like something with you know, a transaction of some kind and getting a payment up front is, is the number one way to do that. And again, it's all listed here in the strategies and the case studies. It's pretty cool. It's a, it's a very different way of thinking though, because it's, it's, it's interesting how we could get paid for something that we haven't even created yet, but it's also very motivating when you do get paid for it, because then, you know, you're going to bust your butt to make sure you create that thing for, for that person, a course or product or whatever it is. And, and we, we are seeing this now more days on platforms like Kickstarter. I actually talk about crowdfunding a little bit in the book too, where people come with, come to Kickstarter, uh, asking for pledge money, uh, in exchange for not only certain items that go along with their pledge level, but also that, that idea, they're validating that idea, uh, for that person before they actually move forward with it. And the cool thing about this is if you attempt to validate your idea. And because it's broken down into these different steps, you could see where along that process, something didn't work out. And then you can always go back to, well, this is where it seemed to not work. I can reassess, readjust, and then eventually you can find out, well, maybe this isn't something that's gonna work for me. And then you didn't spend two years down the road and a ton of money only to realize this later. So again, that, that's kind of the idea behind the book. Well, Pat, man, I am so excited for you. And this book I know is going to touch a pain point for so many people out there, especially in my community. I tend to target people who are out there who are either entrepreneurs building their own business online or people who are in the process of transitioning into the work that they love. And so they have lots of ideas, but not sure whether or not it's going to work out. I know this because I work with all my A to Z students and they're mm -hmm. out there with all these questions. So I'm so excited that you are creating this resource for them. And folks, again, I highly encourage you, if you haven't already done it, go to willitflybook.com and either get the book now if it's available or sign up with your email address so that you'll get notified as soon as this book does come out. Pat, thank you again for coming and sharing and not just talking about the book, but also sharing so many valuable principles and outlines of things that people can be thinking about even before they go and get the book. Thank you, Cliff. I, I appreciate it. And you know, I know 
uh, because we've talked to each other, we, we know each other, we're great friends, that you are very selective with who, if you have anybody on on the show and, and the products that you promote and um, to have you endorse the book in, in this way and have me on the show and share it with your audience is, is truly meaningful uh, to me. And that's why I've, I've always loved you, Cliff, because you've always stayed true to serving your audience. Um, and so again, thank you for having me and thank you uh, to everybody out there who, who uh, listens to this and checks out the book. And well, there you go, my friends. That is the conversation that I had with Pat back on December 21st. And as I'm working on the editing and recording this outro for this episode, I can tell you that if you go to willitflybook.com, there are links to the Amazon listing where you can now go in and pre-order the book. And of course, if you happen to be listening to this after February 1st, the book should be available for purchase directly. So again, go check it out, willitflybook.com. Well, my friends, before I wrap up, I want to just remind you once again that my next session of podcasting A to Z is going to start on Monday, March 14th. If you've been planning to launch a podcast here in 2016, I would love to have this opportunity to be your personal coach for this four-week period of time where I will walk you through every step in the process. Now, to give you a little bit more, I'm going to close things out with this pre-recorded promo for that course. Are you thinking of launching your own podcast and don't know where to start? You could have your own high-quality podcast online in just under four weeks, even if you have absolutely no technical knowledge about how podcasting works. Intrigued? 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 Since 2006, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man, has trained thousands of people on how to launch a successful podcast. Cliff has coached top-ranked podcasters such as Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, Michael Stelzner, Dan Miller, John Lee Dumas, and the list goes on. Podcasting A to Z is a four-week group training course that leads you step-by-step through the setup of your very own podcast. Not just the technical side, but also the mindset that goes into creating a successful show as well. One thing is At the end of four weeks, you will have experienced one of the best investments you can make in taking your message to the next level. To learn more details about the course, head to podcastinga2z.com. Podcastinga2z.com. Helping you to get everything you do to the next level.